can your character do to cope with cabin fever? How can you weave this into your story? What does Typhoid Mary have to do with any of this? Find out on this episode. Welcome to Writing Rule with Allie, the fiction writer's inspiration station for rural life and lifestyles. From historical to post-apocalyptic, helping you bring your rural stories to life. I'm Allie, and this is episode number 50. Yes, the big 5-0. Managing Cabin Fever. Stick around to the end to find out all the ways things could possibly go wrong. Now, let's get into this. Cabin fever is defined as a prolonged period of isolation, usually inside, that causes claustrophobia, agitation, frustration, and restlessness. In modern times, it might be described as climbing up the walls. This isolation can be completely alone or confined to a small place with others. There are many documented cases of this in modern-ish times. When the space shuttle first took astronauts to the moon in 1968, they became snippy with each other, and there were many tense conversations with mission control. Another is that in 1898 through 1899, the doomed Imperial Transatlantic Expedition, the crew of the ship Endurance, were stuck in the drifting ice for 10 months before abandoning the ship and spending months trying to find their way out of the Atlantic. When found, the whole crew was said to be suffering from mental difficulties. I'm sure there are even more examples out there, but hopefully this gives you a rough idea. The term cabin fever was coined in a book in 1918. Can you guess the name of the book? If you guessed Herbert and the Strawberry Puppy, you've guessed wrong. It was Cabin Fever, a book about a man named Bud. However, the term before was typhus. It was actually connected to Typhoid Mary. To sum up her story, Mary was a cook who had typhoid, but was asymptomatic. However, many of the people she served food to contracted typhoid and many died. When the authorities found out about this, they first took her to the hospital, but then later to North Brothers Islands, where she was given a cabin to isolate in. She was there for two years before pressure from the people forced the authorities to release her since her illness was not so something she had known or could control. The release agreement was that she would not serve food to people again. However, five years later, there was another outbreak. Once again, Mary was behind it. This time, she was taken back to spend the rest of her life, 23 years, in isolation. Before cabin fever and typhus, it was referred to as ennui. This literally translates to bored because of isolation and lack of stimulation. You might be wondering why they had words for this, because it seems to be a bigger deal in modern times than it was before the 1800s. That might have something to do with fewer people writing, but I believe it's because people who lived in areas prone to winter storms dealt with this every year. When you do things every year and you're used to doing something, it's not as big of a deal as it is to other people. While most people my age and especially younger would panic and be bored if the power went out, I have lived without electricity and know how to handle it. I believe that people used to know how to deal with isolation too. So let's go over some of the ways that people dealt with cabin fever. Historically, people used to save some of their indoor work for winter. Women often made new clothes for their families during the winter. They also also knitted things like socks, shawls, and children's toys. They also used this time to make soap and extra candles. I say extra because they will have already had some made for the longer nights before they would have been snowed in. Historically, men saved things like tanning hides, whittling, 
and making fishing nets. They also took the chance to care for and clean up and sharpen any tools. This includes hand saws, chisels, hand drills, knives, and more. There are also family projects that could be done, like reading or teaching children to read. They could teach their children math or other skills. Baking and candy making were done during this time as well. Storytelling was, and frankly still is a favorite of all ages. Singing is enjoyed by many families, and there were also games that could be played. Whether they were board games or card games, not something fun and entertaining. So, what would that look like? Well, let's give you a few examples. Let's say you have a mother, father, and a few children. The day would likely start with the father and the older children going out to take care of the chores, like feeding and watering the animals, hauling the wood into the house, and things of that nature. Meanwhile, the mother will wash the little children while cooking breakfast. Many mothers will be the ones to haul in the water, and this might mean she leaves the little babies in the crib or playpens so she can do this. Or they might be in a sling so she can carry them. The family will eat together, and then the kids will likely be the ones doing the cleaning up, like the dishes. The mother might start boiling water to do the laundry while the father sits down to do some reading lessons with the children, who are old enough. Both could take a couple of hours. Then the mother would make lunch, and there would be another meal and clean up. Afterwards, the kids could play some games while the father works on getting a fishing net made for the next fishing season. The mother might sew some clothing until it's time to make dinner. After another meal and clean up and evening chores, putting the animals up for the night, and everything else that will need to be done, then the whole family sits down to tell stories while the mother sews and the father whittles toys for the kids. Then it's off to bed and the entire day starts over the next morning. Now let's say it's only a single male that was a trapper living in a cabin. Even while trappers were outdoors, they are not around other people, meaning they are isolated. Trapper's day might start with some chores for animals that he has, then on to breakfast and enough food for lunch on the go, and cleaning up the mess from cooking. Afterwards, he would check his traps. This could take most of the day. When he returned, he would have to process the animals he caught. Processing means to skin and cut up anything that he was going to eat, maybe feed the sled dogs, if he had any. If there were a lot of animals he trapped, this might take some time. He would then make dinner and then do any evening chores that he needed to, such as putting the animals up for the night. Then he can relax for the evening. Maybe he mends some clothing he had, or perhaps he whittles a new spoon. Each person and each family will be different in what they prioritize. But staying busy is the main objective. Things people don't want to do should be done first, or close to first in the day, <laughs> because if they wait, it's likely not going to get done. Remember, just as we love writing stories, oral storytelling has always been loved too. From passing down the past to fantasy stories, about turtles bringing golden torches. Humans love stories. Children want to hear about their parents' past. What was it like when you were kids? Lessons people learned will be told and many stories are told over and over. It can also be used to teach people what to do or pass on special codes to the next generation. For example, three lemons in the window with a glass of water in a story means the enemy is coming. And then your character sees it in real life and realizes it wasn't just a story. And this could be a fun story within your story that you could add. Fun fact! The term cabin fever was coined in 1918 by the author B.M. Bauer, a woman whose real name was Bertha Muzzy Sinclair. Now for everyone's favorite part, what could possibly go wrong? Well, let me tell you. Before we get into the best part, if you are enjoying this podcast, I hope you'll take a minute to follow, rate, and review on your podcasting platform. And if you're listening or watching on YouTube, subscribe and hit the like button. Don't forget to share with a friend. And now for the best part likely to go wrong. Your character is grumpy and bickers with their family over the smallest things. 
Also likely to go wrong, your character could sleep much more often and longer when snowed in for months at a time. Possible to go wrong, your character is caring for their tools and while sharpening the saw, they slip and cut their hand deeply. Also possible to go wrong, your characters continually bump into each other as they are confined to the same tiny space. Unlikely to go wrong, your characters could be isolated for months and when they finally are able to get out and talk to other people, they find they struggle to make coherent sentences the same as before. This is documented phenomenon with people who have no one to talk to for extended periods of time. Also unlikely to go wrong, your character gets bored of playing the same game over and over. They finally invent a new game just to have something different to do. This could cause arguments or even fistfights when each player wants to play it their way and not the other's way. Improbable, but still technically in the realm of possibilities. Your character is trapped with their family for the winter. Like a scene from The Shining, they one day snap and kill their family over something relatively small. Also improbable, but still technically in the realm of possibilities, your character is trapped for an extended period of time and starts having hallucinations. They become paranoid that aliens are coming for them. Thanks for listening. You can find this episode's show notes and helpful links to learn more on my website, allyheart.com. That's A-L-L-E-Y-H-A-R-T dot com. Subscribe and follow for more episodes. Connect by dropping a comment on my YouTube videos. A new episode comes out every Monday. Until then, happy wordsmithing. smithing.